I'm going to start off this morning with some, some fun, interesting, useless facts. And we're just going to do it by the numbers. 100 million. 100 million. What does that number represent? Well, for today, in 2018, on February 4th, it represents the number of people who are going to sit down in front of their TV and watch some old guys throw around a piece of leather. 100 million viewers for the Super Bowl. How about this number? 7.7 million. That's the highest price that is paid for a 30-second commercial slot during the Super Bowl. 7.7 million. You you do the math, that's several hundred thousand dollars a second that they're paying. That's not to produce the commercial or pay the people who are on the commercial. That's simply to have that slot open. How about this number right here? 40. 40. It's the age of starting quarterback Tom Brady. And actually, it's 40 years, 185 days, which would make him slightly younger than me. But he'll be playing in the Super Bowl. How about the number 11? That's the number of Super Bowl appearances between the two teams. The Patriots are 5 and 4. The Philadelphia Eagles are 0-2. I'm trying not to smile, but you know I'm a Cowboy fan. How about this number? 1.35 billion. It's the number of chicken wings that will be consumed today. Now, I don't know how they figure this one out. That's a lot of counting. But if there's 100 million people and there's 13 billion or 1.35 billion chicken wings eaten, that's 13 and a half wings a person. That's a lot of wings average. But if you don't feel like eating wings, that's okay. I'll eat yours. <laughs> How about this? 14 million. It's the number of people who will skip work tomorrow. Here's another interesting fact. Zero. It's the amount of money, the halftime, it's the amount that the halftime performer gets paid. Justin Timberlake was on 14 years ago. They finally let him on, and we're not going to talk about why he had a 13-year drought. But he's back on, but he will get paid nothing. The last fact is this, 200,000. That's the bonus that every player on the winning team gets, whether they, whether they got onto the playing field or not. If you sat on the bench of the losing team, you get 80000 It's quite a bit of money. Some interesting facts about Super Bowl 52. One interesting fact about Super Bowl 52 is it's a big deal right now but in a few years, it won't be that big of a deal. It'll be something that's noted. But it won't have the impact that Jesus had over 2,000 years later. How about this number? 875. That's the number of verses there are in the Gospel of John. 
Now, relax, we're not going to try to cover all of those this morning, but I want to hit on a few, actually about 13 of them. So if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 21. For those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you'll know that, oh, John 21, that's, that's the last chapter in John's Gospel. We're going to spend a little bit of time in there, and he seems to wrap it up really well. In fact, it's one of the most clever verses that I found in the Gospel of John. I just love the ending to this. Verse 25 says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have enough room to cover, to, con- to hold the books that would be written. It's pretty, pretty great verse to end in. But it's a little confusing because really... There's another verse that sounds very similar to it. And so let's look at the last verse of chapter 20 and listen to this. Uh, We're going to do the last two verses. Uh, Chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is something that's really interesting. If, if you read through John all the way through, you get to chapter 20 and you go, oh, that's the end. But then you notice, wait, there's a number 21. It keeps on going. Why did John's gospel not end in chapter 20? It was finished. He had a great summarizing paragraph. That's In fact, it's nearly the same as the end of 21. Why do we have chapter 21? Well, that's what I want to look at for a few moments this morning. So let's just pick up and read. And we're just going to do this kind of old school. We're going to read a little bit and then we're going to talk about it, which means that there may be an opportunity for you to to holler out an answer. And let's see if we can kind of figure out a little bit about why John would continue moving his pen on into this last chapter. Chapter 21, verse 1 says, After Jesus appeared, afterward Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Denimus, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. Stop right there for just a second. Is this really a deeply profound theological statement? I'm going to fish. I think there's a little more into this than I think we really think about as we read it. We have Peter, who was there at the Last Supper with Jesus. He broke bread with them. Jesus told them that would happen. He told them that he would deny Jesus. And in fact, he did. He made contact with Jesus after he'd done it. And the the rooster crowed and he realized this. But we also notice in chapter 20 that Jesus appeared to the disciples multiple times. Do you think Peter believed in Jesus? I think so. But I don't think chapter 21 is about belief at all. I think there's something more. And I, I think maybe 
Peter was struggling with taking what he believed in his mind and in his heart and applying it to his life. He didn't know what to do. So he did what was common. He did what was natural. He did what he knew what to do, what was best. What he had done before he met Jesus. He said, I'm just going to go fish. All this stuff, is, it's too much and I don't know what to do with it and I don't know where to start. And I don't know if I can have an impact. Because I'm the guy who denied Jesus. So I'll just go fishing. Well, they said, well, we'll go out with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. I don't know if you guys like to go fishing. I, I enjoy fishing. I enjoy fishing if fishing means that I catch fish. It's not really fishing if you're not catching anything. It's just luring or bobbing. The excitement, at least for me, is in reeling in the fish, okay? Up until that point, I'm really not interested. I have no desire to watch that little bob go up and down until my eyes start to blur. Okay, I'm sorry, I know there's some fishermen in here and you say, oh no, that's all wrong, it is part of that. That's for you, not for me. But this isn't just about fun. This is his profession. And nothing is good. Nothing good is happening this night. In fact, all night long, they catch nothing. That's a really bad night if you're a professional fisherman and you catch nothing. They throw these nets out. They're big. They're heavy. They drag them back in. There's nothing in the net. They throw them back out again. Let them sink. They pull them back in. There's still nothing. They didn't have boots back then, so it wouldn't have been caught in the net, but maybe a sandal. But no fish were in those nets. But something's about to change. Early in the morning. I love this play on words. The sun rose. So it would have had, had happened. Jesus stood on the shore, but his disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No. Or maybe it was like this, no. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because the large number of fish. I just, I think this is a great point. As, as I was reading and studying, I came across this. That Peter's greatest catch came on the heels of his biggest failure. All night long, he had caught nothing. In a moment, he's going to haul in 153 fish. It happened so that it would be for God's glory, not his expertise. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed with him in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for there were, they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. That doesn't seem very far, but if you're wading, swimming, trying to run through the water, that's a long way. But Peter didn't care. 
When they landed, they saw a fire burning, a fire of burning coals there with what? That's odd. Where did the fish come from? Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. I love thinking about this story as they're coming up and they said, look, we have all this fish. Jesus didn't need their fish. He already had their fish. We don't know how he got the fish. He didn't have a boat. He didn't have a net. But he had the fish. And part of the story says, you know what? God doesn't need all your work. And the other part says, but he desires you to work along with him. He could have said, leave the fish in the boat. I don't really need them. They're not important to me. But he says, come, we work together. You see, John chapter 21 is not about faith. It's about being willing to work with God. Skipping down to verse 15, John writes this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? We've read this passage hundreds of times, and really we talk about it as this idea of forgiveness. It was three times in which Peter denied Jesus, and so now uh, Jesus is giving Peter three times to recognize that he is now being forgiven by Jesus. But note the language that he uses as he has this conversation. He says, do you truly love me more than these? And this is where I have a huge question, and no one can answer this for me, but I'm asking it when I get to heaven. What are these? Was he talking about the other apostles? Was he talking about the large group of fish that were laying in the nets by the shore? Whatever it was, Jesus said, don't put anything ahead of me. Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because this was the third time Jesus asked this question. Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Do you notice what Jesus is saying here? It's not just about forgiveness. It's not just about reconciliation. Jesus is telling Peter, I love you, I forgive you. Now come be a part of the kingdom which I have planned from the very beginning. Let your faith manifest itself in the way that you treat other people, in the way that you reach out to other people, in the way that you love and you forgive other people. 
Christianity is not about some, something we have in our minds. It's not just simply having faith. James would say, you have faith, you believe in God. Well, good, but even the demons believe in that and they shudder. It's putting your faith in action. How many of you would love to be playing football today? Even if it meant you had to wear a green Eagles uniform. I think I might sit out on that one. Which, by the way, they've created a new term for this Super Bowl. They call it hate-watching. They have concluded that because the Patriots and the Eagles are so despised by so many people, there will be millions of viewers who are going to sit down in front of the TV in hopes that one or both of the teams will be embarrassed. They're hate-watching. It happens around here too, doesn't it? You pick up the newspaper lately? You read what's going on right now? The Ten Commandments are offensive. And having a cross displayed in a public place is wrong. And it's unlawful. So whose team do you want to be on? It's not just about faith. Jesus didn't say, do you love me? Then have faith in me. He says, do you love me? Then put your hands to work. Continue doing what I did. Jesus was not just a great teacher. Jesus got down on His hands and His knees and He washed His disciples' feet. It's Super Bowl Sunday for the rest of the world, but for us here this morning, it's just Super Sunday. Because what we want to do is we want to extend the call to each one of you to find yourself with Jesus who says, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. In just a few hours, about 50 guys will step on to a playing field and battle it out for 60 minutes on the clock to determine who a champion is. But I want you to know that literally millions of people worked hours on hours on hours to make sure that this game today will be played by those 50 men. Can you imagine if one of them slacked on their job? Just one of them. What if the guy who paints the hash marks decided that he was going to take today off? And he just, ah, somebody else will do that. Can you imagine them getting ready to start the game and there would be no yard markers? The referees? The concession stand workers? The people who fry and sauce up 1.35 billion chicken wings. Everybody has a part. 
Everybody is important. The person who made sure that the field gold uprights were in place. Without them, the game couldn't be played. You see, God calls each of us to be on His team. And this morning, we want to highlight that. You've already seen uh, around the auditorium, uh, we have these different uh, posters, booths that are going to be up. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk about what that's going to look like. These are ways in which you can feed sheep here in Hobbs. We want to encourage you to accept the challenge of Jesus that says, if you love me, your faith will leave your heart and it will be seen by other people in this community. We talked a little bit about this this morning with our elders group as they gathered together and we were talking about displaying crosses and and one of them made the comment that, you know what, if we live our lives in such a way that we look like Jesus, we don't have to carry a cross for people to see. They'll know it by our actions. May we be a people who are willing to go out and feed sheep. This morning, I want to encourage you to join in the excitement and the celebration, not only of a football game that's going to take place in a few hours, but the opportunities that we are going to have to reach out to this community in 2018. God can do amazing things, and He's brought the fish, but He asks you to bring yours as well. And we're going to ask you this morning, if there's any way we can help you, please come as we stand and sing.